Welcome to Be The Light with Coach Zekir Robinson. In this show, we'll be interviewing Pastor Lindaria Watts on her journey to salvation. Let's tune in because this is a show you don't want to miss. Welcome, everybody. I am so glad that you are all back for another show. My name is Coach Zakira Robinson. I am currently here with Pastor Lindaria Watts. Um, today, we are going to be talking about her journey and how she came to Christ. We're going to have some heartwarming things that she's going to discuss. And we're hoping that this is something that can um, actually help other people to be turned around, you know, about their own journey and when they, you know, different things that's going on in life. And some people, they may think like, I'm I'm alone. I'm out here by myself and I'm going through this. Like, how can I overcome these trials and tribulations that I am going through? And so, Miss Lindaria, please tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from. Um, just tell us what you're currently doing. Just tell us about your journey. Um, you know, anything that you think that will actually help people to to, you know, come into the kingdom and not just come into the kingdom, but have a relationship with God. Okay, okay. Um, yes, as you stated, my name is Lindaria Watts. Um, pastor is my title. Um, I've been a pastor for uh, almost three years now. And it wasn't an easy journey getting here. The road to Christ, the road to salvation, oh, it costs something. And you, people just think, you know, I wake up, I'm going to be saved. It comes with a cost. Everything in life has a cost, but it's the best cost that I can ever pay. And I would do it over again. I wish that I can go back to my younger years and find God sooner and just hold on and be like Jacob and say, I won't let you go until you bless me. God. I won't. I will wrestle with him. But um, I am 37. I spent the majority of my childhood living in a project. I'm from Gainesville, Florida, and I stayed and grew up in the projects. I am the second of five, um, a single mother of five. She later on got married and moved us out of the projects. But um, in the beginning, life was, wasn't the best. It was the best that you could make it because my mom was a teenage mom, but she was amazing. She is. She's an evangelist now. And um, I grew up with my father leaving us. He chose drugs. His drug of, drug of choice was crack. So it was the 80s era and he chose crack and he abandoned us. And we had to run to the country to go get our school clothes only for him to sell them for drugs. And it was just a very tragic beginning. But it's not how you start. It's how you finish. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that, you know, if I just go back to the Bible and I just think about Jeremiah and it just holds true to me when it says, before I formed you, I knew you before I formed you. And I always had this wild imagination where I would just think about being in the kingdom of heaven and being in the rockabye, like in the crib and rockabye and song to God. And I just always know it was something better. I just didn't know what I would see these people living these lavish lives. And I was like, how do you get there? Right. How, how, how can a girl, <laughs> projects in high school getting suspended every day for fighting for your life right <laughs> like get this kind of life and um i just think that growing up men in my life weren't there my mom was always there she was a backbone she held it together she made sure us, us five never went without she just worked two three jobs and you know she did the best that she could do and i could not ask for a better mother it was just i had no relationship with men and this is why having a two-parent household with an active father is very vital. People might think it's not, but I believe that my choice in life would have been different had I had a father that was actually there, present, raising me up to show to know what kind of man to date and to protect us. 
So when I was 13, my uncle, I'm going to get a little bit personal because it can set someone free. At 13, my uncle had got out of prison. He did 27 years in prison. We will always go visit him, but he was released and I considered him to be a father figure. If I was going through something, I would always talk to him. So I was 13 and it really changed my life. At 13 years old, I was young. I was vibrant. I was ready for the world. I was a virgin. And my uncle right. took that. He destroyed it. Wow. He was a secret that I wasn't able to release until I was 35 years old. Wow. Wow. So th- the crazy thing is, is like I have been through something similar. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of women, a lot of even men, they face um, sexual abuse, you know, through the hands of relative. And then a lot of times the parents, the, the parents don't even find out until later on in life, you know, and then some people that I have spoken to, they end up the parents didn't even believe them. And then that's when a lot of people, they walk away from God and it's like, well, how can there be a God and this happened to me? And how could this happen? But I always try to tell people that just because bad things happen, that's never God's intention. Unfortunately, we have things like generational curses, okay, that comes into our life. And then you have these generational curses that people have not gotten broken off. They haven't broken the curse. They haven't went through um, deliverance. And it's just rolling over into the next person's life. And then you have things that, you know, that some people, they, you know, they open themselves up to it, but it's still not their fault. But at the same time, it's like, okay, when are we going to say enough is enough? When we're going to say that I'm going to go ahead and get this um, generational curse broken off of my family, or I'm going to learn to reach out for help. You know, a lot of people, even the person who happens to be the person that's the molester or the rapist, they even been through something. You know, something has been passed down to them or maybe they have been touched wrong. But God's word tells us that, you know, that he does not forsake us. He doesn't forsake his children. It's just that there's things that have to be broken off. And so when you talk about that, what's the relationship now when it comes to you and your your uncle? So I'm just to backtrack for a second. I believe and I have the saying where hurt people hurt people. So what is generational curses loom in the dark. And when you walk with God, he starts shedding light in those places. So even if it happens to you as an infant or a toddler, whatever, your subconscious mind blocks it out because it has to protect you. But when you start walking with God, all of those things start coming to the light because you have to break those chains. But you can't break something you can't see or you don't want to confront. So it all starts coming to a head once God starts coming into your life. So my relationship with my uncle um, for years, 13 all the way up to 35, wow. I still spoke to my uncle. I still was at family gatherings and everything because it went on for 13, 14, 15, for like two years of him doing this stuff to me without anyone knowing. And on my 15, it was like, I was think I was like 15 because I was just getting into high school and they all came down to my mom's house. And this is where it started breaking. The rock started breaking in it or whatever. Um, he asked me to do his hair. So I was doing his hair on the sofa and he touched my thigh and my aunt, she saw something mm. and she's a prophet. She's a pastor. She's all of these things. The women in my family are very powerful. So she saw something and she called me outside and she was asking me about it. And he was standing there and he had said in my ear, I'll go back to prison. I'll go back to prison. He was like, don't say anything. So I'm sitting here, this 15 year old child with a big choice. Do I send my uncle back to prison or do I, him and say nothing's happening and he had told me like when he was in prison he had got raped this this, and that because he had been in prison since he was 17 wow 
Yeah, he went to prison for murder. Um, he didn't actually murder the person. He was there by association. Both of them went and did life. So he saw his life away from him. So I'm sitting here as his 15-year-old child thinking, what do I do? Do I tell the truth or do I tell a lie? Is my feelings more important, my safety or him? And he's standing behind me and she was like, did he do this? And my mom comes out and my mom starts yelling, if he touched my daughter, he's going back to prison. Yeah, right. She already know. (laughs) I'm sitting here and I got these two women and I got my uncle behind me and I said, nothing happened. And my mom says, Lindaria, tell me the truth. Did he touch you? He's going back to prison. And in my 15 year old head, I'm thinking, he got raped in there. Like, it's not that bad. I can survive it. I can survive it. It's not that. And from that day forth, I sat with it. Mm -hmm. I hit and I sat with it all the rest of my life until I was 35. So let me ask you this. What, what broke for you at 35 where you was like, you know what? I have to finally say something. I have to get this off of my chest. Like what made you finally come out and say something? He um, he's on my Facebook and he commented under my daughter's photo and he said, she's so beautiful. And right then I screamed and I was like, I got to protect her. I got to protect her. No one is going to hurt her. And I was like, I didn't protect myself. I didn't stand up for myself, but I'll be doggone if you're going to hurt my daughter. It right. stops. It stops with me. <laughs> so, yes. yeah. OK, so that was the breaking point. So you kind of got that defense that your mom had about you and then you were able mm-hmm. to experience the, the the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's amazing, because I know for myself, I've mentioned before that um, I was molested and I also was raped. And so mm-hmm. just living living that that, um, that I guess it was more for me, it was more of a shame. I, I lived this shame like. Some mm-hmm. part of me thought it was my fault. Then the other part of me is like, no one's going to believe me. So I had like all these thoughts and we all know that those thoughts is not of God. Like yes. God, he, he comes to set us free from these things. He tells us to lay these things at his feet. But unfortunately, sometimes we tend to want to hold it in because of fear. And we know mm-hmm. if it's fear, it's not faith. It's the opposite of faith. And, you know, faith, we're going to trust that God, you know, is going to take care of it. Mm-hmm. And another thing when it comes with um, fear, a lot of people, it's the fear of the unknown. Um, like the what if, what if this happened? What if that happened? You know, and it's like all these thoughts begin to swarm us. Um, so what was it when you decided that, you know what, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to turn my life over to God. Um, I'm, you know, you got ordained as a pastor. So like walk us through this step. Like, how was that for you? So that has nothing to do with my molestation. That has to do with my fiance. We've been together since I was 23 years old and we, off and on, off and on, no, no more than six months off. But we had this relationship because he always knew what God was. Since the day he met me, I thought this man was crazy. He said, you're going to be my wife. You're going to be a pastor. I'm going to be a pastor. I'm like, boy, what? I am living this street life. <laughs> I did not want anything. Like I grew up with God. My mom was an evangelist. My mom is an evangelist. My grandma was pastor. They were, they were all just all of these things. And I just was like, there's so many demons just lurking in the tradition and all of these things. And I'm like, I want no parts of it. So I walked away from the church. I tried to find my way back. I was 22. I had just got out of this crazy relationship. And I went to this church and I only had my clothes on. It wasn't that great. And the pastor came in and they put this sheet over me and they said I wasn't dressed for the church. And, I, and wow. at that moment, I broke. And I said, you know what? I don't want this. I don't want it. It's the same as I left. I don't want it. 
And so I just went throughout and he was like, you're going to get with God. Like he would read the Bible, would pray and all of these things. And I still want to know parts of it. And he was like, I know what I heard, but I heard you're going to be my wife. <laughs> <So> <laughs> 2018 was the breaking for me. We had been at the worst that we could ever be. I didn't think we were ever going to get back. I had showed out and he had cheated on me. And cause he, it was, it was just a crazy year. And I found out and I jumped on both of them. This, this was the hood in me. I jumped <laughs> out in the street and I lost my mind. And I said, I was in the house and I had this, this is getting crazy. I had a bottle and I don't drink. Everybody would know, like, I don't drink. I saw his liquor bottle. I got the liquor bottle, and I was sitting in the closet. I was just down in it. Like, nobody ever loves me. I'm not going to ever be good enough. God, why did you make me like this? And he came in, and he picked it up, and he picked me up, and he was just, like, pouring his heart. And I was like, I don't want this relationship. I don't want this God you say is God. I don't want none. And he left, and I was on the floor crying like a baby in the living room. Mm -hmm. And my my son was like three. It was like midnight. He came in and he said, mommy, I love you. Mm-hmm. Mommy, get, mommy, get up. And this little baby is trying to pick me off of the ground, trying to get me back up. And he said, God sees us because my, my fiance always instilled God in them. He's like, God is here. God. I was like, my baby is loving me back to life. My baby is loving me back to life. So we go to the mall, me and him, he asked to meet me at the mall. And I was like, okay, fine. We go to the mall. And we're sitting in there and we're having lunch and we're trying to gather our thoughts and everything of this tumultuous relationship. And mm-hmm. this guy, he's tall, he's tall, white guy built like just like Paul Bunyan. And he walks in, he has this bright orange shirt. And he's like, um, do you guys by happen, by chance want to go to church? And I was like, whatever, what do I got to lose? Okay. And he told us his church. He says, greenhouse church. And um. I'll be there. I'm a um, prayer intercessor and I'll be at the front of it and I'll be in camo. You can't miss me. I'll be at the right side of the church when you come in. I pray for everyone. You can't miss me. And I'm like, yeah, you like six, seven. We won't be <laughs> like, so right. he leaves hard and everything. So I'm like, okay, so we're like, we're going to go. So this time, like he had lost his job. I was working and we go on $5 worth of gas all the way across town to this church. And we get there and we sit through the whole sermon and we're like, okay, they're like, everybody come down to pray. So we're looking for this guy. And I'm like, has anybody seen this guy? And they was like, he said, we won't be able to miss him. They're like, who are you talking about? And I said, he's really tall. Like you cannot miss this guy. Really tall. He's like six, seven. He said he'll be wearing camo. They said camo. I said, yeah, he said in the right side of the thing. He was like, right there. It was a baptism take camouflage wow. right, right there. And the pastor looked, he's like, we don't know who this is. I said, I'm taking everything off. Baptize me right now. Baptize me right now. Right now. Wow. Me and him out up there. We got baptized. And I'm like, God, I hear you. I hear you. And from then on, I just been walking with God. It was, they never heard of this guy. It brings no one me it brings me back to the scripture that sometimes you entertain angels without even realizing it. Um, mm-hmm. That 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 is that literally sent chills <laughs> through my body um, when I hear stuff like that because it's like even when when you was talking about your son, I want to go back to your son because um, the the word also says that he will you know allow you know babies will prophesy like kids is going to prophesy right so out of the mouth of babes and then even that is just like he sent your son in there to comfort you when you needed it and mm-hmm. then because sometimes as humans let's just be honest sometimes we'd be wanting that physical touch that that, <laughs> affir- that affirmation we can hear verbally like god i know you here i feel you but i just <laughs> i sometimes need a little bit more lord and he sent your 
her son to do that. And then he sends this guardian angel, okay, to come and talk to you, to, to get you to church. And sometimes it takes for us to have these experiences to be like, okay, God, I hear you. Mm -hmm. I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> I don't need you to say anything else. And I was um, just saying in a, another show, when I first heard God, I was literally having a moment, you know, that, that ugly crying. And I'm just like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I feel like my life is pointless, you know, just going through all these different emotions. And I literally laid on my bed and he said one word. And that one word have always stuck with me. And it was daughter. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh. I was like, I think I literally just heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. And I know this was the Holy Spirit because why would I call myself daughter? Like it, it was an amazing feeling. So it's like when we begin to hear God and see God in a different shape from what we have been taught. And, you know, myself, I was raised in a church, but mm -hmm. um you know, as a teenager, we decide to go to college and do things that, that were <laughs> part of the plan. And, you know, I walked away for a while. It's like mm -hmm. I knew God, but I didn't have that relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And so do me a favor. Tell us what is the difference between knowing God and having a relationship with God? Ooh. Listen, having a relationship with God is like your best friend. Listen, to know God is like, okay. You know, you've been in church. It's traditional. You're going to go every Sunday. You're going to go to Bible study. You're going to pick up the Bible. You're going to understand it, but you don't understand it. If I can break it down, like, you know, that God is there. You know that if you're in trouble, that you can cry out and God will answer you like, but you don't you don't know him like you, you when you walk with God, you feel him. He's in the air. He's in the atmosphere. You can cry and God's going to answer just like that. God sees some people, but he answers you. And I always say that when you walk with God, there is no doubt. People will start looking at you different. You walk, talk, smile. You just have this glow on your life that no one you, you can't even explain it. You can't. But you just know, OK, my bills ain't due. I ain't worried about it. People think you crazy. I'm not worried about it right. because I who my father is and your parents provide. When you were a child, you didn't know where your food was going to come from. You didn't fix your plate. Your parents fix the food. They fix it. They put it at the table. They get you there. And that is what God, you are not to worry about my new things in life because God is literally going to do it for you. You have to know God in every fiber of your being. It just reminds me of what my aunt said. She said, you will feel a fire in your veins when you mm -hmm. walk with God. Yes. You announce that you are a child of God. He will announce you before you walk in the room. He goes before you. Listen, I'm getting hyped because when it comes to God and knowing him, knowing him, there is nothing like knowing him. When you cry, he answers. When you laugh, he he's right there with you. Mm -hmm. People are going crazy because some days you just go bust out laughing because you're having conversations with your father right and it's, i being fatherless never knew before because i didn't trust men i didn't trust men you say you want me but you only want me for my body god only wants you because you are his child yeah and it's it's a protection that he has over you and to not have protection from men growing up to having this divine protection from god is something that's indescribable you yeah. can know bit of the Bible, if you don't interpret it, if you don't sit with it, you're missing out truly. It's having that relationship saying, God, I don't know, but show me who you are. Mm -hmm. Reveal who you are so I can have that connection with you. It's something that words that I can't even gather together, can I can't muster it together. It's just knowing that you're always going to be protected and loved forever. Amen. Yes. Yes. Um, I know from when I first began to have a relationship with God, 
I began to feel conviction with little things that I was doing. Cause at first it's like, you know, going to church. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to church. Just like I'm going to work. <laughs> I'm going to church. Just like I'm brushing my teeth. I had no meaning behind it. I was just doing it. Cause it's what I was told I need to do. And then I just carried it over into my adult life. Mm-hmm. But then when things begin to hit your life and I want you listeners to listen, when things begin to hit your life, don't don't take it as, oh, this is just something else happening. No, God wants you to bring this to him. He wants you to get close to him. He wants you to pray. He wants you to fast. He wants you to open up his word. He wants you to connect with other people that may be a little bit higher with God, having that closer relationship ask for prayer. It's okay to say, I don't have all the answers and I need someone to help me with this. If you don't know how to walk with God, ask somebody how to walk with God. There's so many people out there. And I want to talk about your TikTok um, because when my, I think it was my, my mother. Okay. Let me tell you how this went. My mother-in-law sent my husband a video. My husband sent me the video and I'm like, who is she? <laughs> and so I started watching. I was like, God is really using her, um, using not, you know, using your page. And a lot of people, I think they get, get it mixed up with, Oh, come follow me. No, it's not follow me. It's following the word that God is using through me. This is technically, this is God's page because everything that you say is nothing but it's nothing but truth. It's nothing but God It's nothing but Holy spirit led. You can see the fire of God in you. Um, so I, I'm going to have her share her information at the end. So y'all definitely go follow her because the thing is she's following Christ and she, you can tell from a difference from, from someone who has a relationship with God and from someone who does not have a relationship with God. When you have that relationship with God, everything about you change. Okay. Everything from the way that you talk, from what you watch, from what you, um, from what you see, um, from how you dress, everything changes and Hang on, I was out there. I was at the clubs. I was, you know, half in it, you know, you know, showing things that shouldn't be showing. And then one day I began to feel convicted. Okay. Back then I was saying, I feel, well, I feel guilty. Didn't know that the guilty was conviction, <laughs> that God was calling me in, you know. And a lot of times, especially I'm, from what I'm hearing, you know, from um, interviews that I've been doing lately, almost everyone's been molested. Almost Mm -hmm. everyone has had a traumatic event far as, you know, something like that, that almost veered them. But what I'm hearing in my spirit is those are the chosen. God has chosen you for a reason. You're going through this for a reason. No, we didn't bring this. Well, some of us probably put a little extra stuff that helped get there. But, you know, some of us have generational sneeze that's been passed to us. And God, yes, he, he allows some things to happen. But just think about it. If you didn't go through anything, where would you be right now? Like, and that's not just for you, but that's for everyone. Like, if I didn't go through what I went through, I would probably still be out there, honestly. Mm-hmm. If God would have made me go back to Ohio after I was going through this um, abuse, I probably more likely wouldn't be where, where I'm at right now, just because I wouldn't have had a foundation of people around to build me up. But I had to go through a season of isolation. A lot of people, they experience being isolated, things being taken away, being stripped. But because you're being stripped, guess what God's going to do when you're walking with him? He's going to build you back up. He's going to add value to you. He's going to mm-hmm. add people around it that's going to influence you. Then you begin to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Then you begin to feel the convictions of things that you're doing. And then he starts waking you up at four o'clock in the morning. (laughs) I don't know if that's your story, but I'm like, God, can we do this in two more hours? He's like, no, get up now. I have something to tell you now. (laughs) So just begin to be obedient because with obedience is going to be a sacrifice of something. 
there's something you're going to have to get you have to let go people you may have to let go of some people in your life because they may be dragging you back into old lifestyles um talk about that did you have to let go of people that you used to be around you know when you got closer to god like talk about the stripping season or if you even went through a stripping season with god um everybody will everybody will in order to elevate to the next level with God, to get into that spiritual realm with him, you have to be pruned. And this is what a lot of people don't want to talk about. The pruning has to happen with each and every one of us. Because if not, we're going to go go into God's kingdom with dirty feet. And he says, take off your on holy ground. You have to take that dust off of you. So God has to strip you in order to elevate you. And he didn't say how he's going to do it. You're going to hurt. It's going to hurt. People that you love are going to turn their back on you. You're going to start blocking people and shutting the door because you have to look at God through a different lens and everyone can't go with you to your next level. And, and that's just life. And even growing up, you don't have all of your childhood friends with you anymore because the older you get, you start having discord with a lot of people. You have to disconnect. Trees lose branches. Trees lose their leaves. You have to fall off. Some things have to get off of you. I lost some of my friends for 11, 12 years. <laughs> People will see you walking differently and they're like, I don't want no part of that. All you do is talk about God. All you do is live for God. But later on in life, if you keep being consistent and obedient, they will come back and be like, I should have listened to you. Mm -hmm. Tell me about God that you know about. I haven't had one person yet that hasn't came to me and be like, I'm going through something. Can you pray for me? The same people that turned their back on you are going to start coming because they see that the God that you serve is who he say he is. And your light is so bright that they can't help but see the God that is in you. It is going to hurt. Mm -hmm. It is this year in February, I experienced one of the people that I love so much. I raised up. They turned their back on me and I was on the floor sobbing like an infant. It hurt so bad. But God said, you don't know what I had to protect you from. And it came out later and I was in shock and awe. But mm -hmm. God, for a reason, I have learned not to question God when he moved people out of my life. I began to say thank you because you don't know the conversations that are being had. And you don't know, some people will set you up just like a Judas. There is always a Judas in your story. And there's always a Judas in your life. If you can identify it before it backstabs you or betrays you, you will be good. But God says, in the case that you can't identify it, I will move it. So I just learned to start rejoicing when the pruning happens because it's going to happen. And it, it has to happen. So. Yeah, and what I'm what I'm hearing as you speaking is God's getting ready to take you higher, sis. Like God is getting ready to move. Like what you see right now is it, nothing compared to where God is getting ready to take you. Um, it's not by chance that God wanted me to speak with you. You know, what I'm saying because like I'm I'm really trying to be Holy Spirit led when it comes to talking with different people. And I was like, you know what? She's got something to say. I don't know her like that, but she's got something to say. And you you getting ready to walk into a season of blessings. I heard. Um, yes, God had taken people away. You know, he, like you said, he has to do that with all of us because if he doesn't, you, it's like, you will continue to be tainted by and polluted by what they got going on. Mm -hmm. Even for myself, you know, family members, like, mm -hmm. It's like, God, but this is my family. But at the same time, they don't want to walk. They don't want to hear you. They don't want to listen. Then you mm -hmm. have to separate. God don't want you to stick around that. You can pray for them. But at the same time, we, we have to separate from that. Um, mm -hmm. And so what would be the, the last thing that you would like to tell everyone that's listening that, you know, anything encouraging? What would you say? Just stay true to who you are. 
because God didn't make you to be somebody else. He mm-hmm. made you to be exactly who you are. And if you don't know who you are, isolate yourself from everybody and sit with yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror and begin to laugh at yourself. Every wrinkle, every crevices of your body, God made perfect in his image. Because it says in Genesis, we're going to get back to the basics. If I tell anybody who wants to follow Christ, start in the beginning. I'm not going to give you over here in John, James. I'm going to put you in the beginning because it's a love story that is being told. And the love story is you and God. In the beginning, God created man in his own image. And if is battling with anything in life. Your father made you. He breathed his breath into your life. He breathed you. He he made you. He single-handedly said, I want you. Mm -hmm. So if God wanted you, and he still wants you, and he's desiring you, and he's craving you every single day, and he's sending people from the highways and the byways to come get you, you need to be there for you. are and walk in it. There's plenty of trends going around. There's plenty of other people. There's copies. There, you can build a person quickly, but can you build you up? Can you love you back to life? Because I know somebody that can save anybody. It is time for you to walk into who God says you are. And if you are confused, go to the beginning and know that the I am that I am loves you. He, he, he loves every bit of you. Don't be anybody else. Be yourself. And if you don't know who that is, get in isolation and love yourself back to life. Yes, that's the key. Isolation is okay. <laughs> it helps you find yourself again. Um, mm-hmm. So tell me, how can people find you? What are your platforms that you're on? If someone wants to reach you, like, how do they reach out to you? Yes. Um, so I am mainly on TikTok because um, when I first started TikTok, it was one video and I thought God was think- it was crazy. He had music. Like, that's a kid's app. What do you want me on there for? And he said, this is my page. Say nothing else and do nothing else but promote me. So my TikTok is pa- uh, the original Pastor Lindaria Watts. And um, there's many pages, but there's only one. And it says the original Pastor Lindaria Watts. And then I have my Instagram, which is Lindaria Watts. And then my Facebook is Pastor Lindaria Watts as well. Um, I have my email and all my other links in um my TikTok page that you can email me if you want to work with me or just want a prayer. I try to reach out to as much people as possible, but my platforms are mega. So it's kind of hard, my little self doing that, but I try to reach out as much as I can, but I have my email address on there as well, where plenty of people email me all the time and just message me about um, even my Facebook or any of my messages on there. You guys can message me on. I literally heard help is coming. As soon as you said their pages, (laughs) Big, I heard help is coming. That so I'm just gonna release that to you. Um, I think that you're very humble. Okay, I can I can tell that you're very humble, and God wants you to think bigger, mm. think bigger. He's taken this somewhere that your eyes have not seen, somewhere that your ears have not heard. Okay, mm. and I just heard that He's getting ready to start giving you dreams and visions of it. Mm. Okay, and so mm. begin to think that you know. Like what God has started is getting ready to go ooh, global. Oh, Lord. Yes. It's getting ready to go global. And so um, 
I pray blessings to you, everyone. We thank you, Lord, for um, just allowing her to come on, Father. I pray that all the listeners that have listened that is dealing with childhood trauma begin to begin to get that inner healing in Jesus' name. And I pray um, this um, over the uh, the listeners and the viewers. And I just pray, God, that you touch each and every person in the um, unique way that they need to be touched. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen and amen. And until next time, thank you everyone for listening in. Thank you again for being on the show. And until next time. Bye. Thank you for having me. You're welcome.